Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. After the fun of the prologue and that great episode, well, I enjoyed it, of having Peter come and give me deck feedback, deck discussion, I'm now steaming on with this Think on Your Feet campaign of Norman versus the Circle Undone. I'm playing scenario one, The Witching Hour, and that means that I have in front of me five locations in sort of a semicircle, or you could call it a broken circle, I suppose. I've done them in that lineup just because there's the Witch's Circle in this, and it's fun to do it that way. And I'm not playing with anyone else, so the placement doesn't matter too much because all locations in front of me are connected to each other. Let's get going. Let's dive in. Agenda 1A. Temperance. 14. Remain calm, and you may peer into an uncertain future. The balance of the universe has tilted. You are the fulcrum. Be patient, and all will be revealed. It has eight doom. Act 1A, we're lost in the woods. You've awakened alone deep in the woods south of Arkham. The mysterious soothsayer is nowhere to be seen, of course. You rise up from the muddy trail and try to find your bearings. An oppressive weight hangs in the air. Locations in front of you are connected to one another. You cannot enter locations in front of other investigators. That doesn't matter for me because I'm playing solo, but it gets complicated when you play four-player. There's an objective, which is that at the end of the round, investigators may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. And we need two clues. Now, I know a little bit of a, I suppose, an exploit of this scenario, which is that you don't have to advance then. It's a may. So you can collect lots of clues from all of these woods locations and then do a rush of advancements all in one go and kind of rush the ending. And I quite like doing that. It just means I'm very set up for the finale. And as more enemies and trickier treacheries are added to the deck, we spend very little time in that point. But it depends how we're doing, really. And the need to make progress, you know how I feel about that need, can be very strong. Also, I should just say there, there is one choice I had to make at the start of this campaign. Uh, you know I'm a huge fan of the tarot card Ace of Rods, and there is an opportunity for you to have it added to your deck without paying XP, which to me is obviously a huge bargain. But I've decided for this campaign to reject my fate, and that means I've added two Elder Things to the bag. So that means our bags, we have two skulls, they're minus ones for each point you fail by discard the top card of the encounter deck. And we've got two elder things, they're minus threes if you fail, choose an exhausted or damaged witch enemy at your location or at a connecting location. Ready that enemy and heal all damage from it, which is pretty nasty. So that means if we're four up, there's only the tentacle that can fail us. If we're three up, there's a minus four and the tentacle. If we're two up, there's two elder things, a minus three, a minus four, and a tentacle. That's only five tokens still at two up. And at one up, we add two minus twos. So that's seven tokens that'll fail us. And I think seven that won't, two skulls, two minus ones, two zeros, plus one, and the elder thing, eight. Still over 50% if you're one up. Worth bearing in mind. I have five witch haunted woods in front of me. I'm doing five because there was a, a correction to... The scenario based on player count, there's a possibility of getting locked out. 
and I'm going to just pick the one in the middle to start at. It's woods-traded, and it says the frigid wind howls around you as you venture deep into the haunted woods beyond Arkham. Well, off we go. Now, Norman, the reason he's rejected his fate as well is so much has changed in his life recently. What he thought his fate was to be an academic, to believe in science, has been kind of pulled from out of his grasp in the last few months. And now there's strange things happening in Arkham. The town is getting darker, it's getting creepier, and he can't help but believe it's connected to what he's realised about those six new stars appearing in the sky. So he's going to do something about it. For once in his life, he's going to take action. He's going to get off his backside. So yeah, that's my Norman story. And he started at The Lonely Tree. Two shroud and a clue. You cannot investigate this location while you have between three and five cards in hand. And we're going to start with five cards in a moment. Free trigger. You choose and discard a card from your hand. Then an investigator at a different witch-haunted woods draws a card, or vice versa. There are no other investigators. Curse of Solo. It does have a victory point, though. The ghastly likeness of tortured figures writhe within its bark, gnarled and emaciated. It is agonising to look upon. And I'm going to draw my opening hand, and the very first card is Vengeful Hound. That's great. Premonition, astounding revelation, mind over matter, and shortcut. Now I set Vengeful Hound aside and draw another card. It's I've got a plan. Just before I started recording, I was thinking, what are the cards I want to see in my opening hand? Now... Norman plays with the top card of his deck revealed and has a forced effect that after a weakness is revealed, you have to draw it. So there is a chance here that I do my mulligan and do my opening hand and the first card I see is a weakness and I'm immediately drawing a weakness before I've done anything. As a result, I was thinking having a mind over matter in hand is very useful for a sort of easy fix against the vengeful hound. So I'm going to keep the mind over matter The premonition, I don't think I need it yet. Astounding Revelation is definitely going back. And then I think Shortcut and I've got a plan go back as well. So I mulligan four and draw three more. uh, Four more. (laughs) Three more for four. Horrible. Knowledge is power. Not so useful at the moment. Split the angle. My sig. The Hawkeye folding camera. That feels nice. And delve too deep. Okay. I wonder if there's a way of getting to seven cards in hand, playing the Hawkeye and getting the clue here. This would be a nice place to easily start filling up the Hawkeye, I suppose. Maybe we just slightly slow roll it, play the Hawkeye, draw a card, see how we're getting on. It would have been nice to see Mr. Rook get those searches going. Would have been nice to see a knife, you know, more protection from the hound. Right. I think I'm ready to begin. That's my hand. My stat line, by the way, 4521, and I've got six health and eight sanity. And once per round, I can also play the top card of my deck as if it was in my hand at minus one resource cost. Let's see what the top card is. It's I've got a plan. So I'm almost certainly not playing that this turn. I could draw it, investigate, move. I wouldn't get a camera charge, but I'd be on the road. Risks, some other nasty card underneath it. But I think it's worth it. First action draw. The next card is Mr. Rook. Oh, okay. So I'm definitely going to play Mr. Rook for two off the top of the deck. Second action. Revealing Ethereal Form as the next card. And then last action, I think I do investigate. I've got six cards in hand. We just clear this location now while I have the cards. Or if we play the camera, in upkeep we'll draw up. Let's do that. Last action, play the camera for two. That seems better because I'm on five cards now. I'm drawing Ethereal Form. Hopefully then I just investigate first action next turn. 
So Ethereal Form and Upkeep drums into my hand. Next card is a Knife. Well, it'd be nice to pay that for free as well. And we do our first Mythos. We're one Doom of Eight, and our encounter card is Wrecked. You get minus one to each of your skills during the first skill test you perform each round, and there's a Willpower 3 test if you succeed Discard Wrecked. Okay, not too bad. We have six cards in hand now, so I'm going to investigate now first action, and that makes me a, five, a four on two. Zero. So I get the clue. Sets me up for the VP. I go up to willpower five now, which is nice. And that's the racked test done as well. Do we just clear the racked and move on, or do we even care about the racked? I think we clear it so we just don't end up in a hell situation. That makes us a five on three. Skull is a minus one. The racked is gone. And last action, let's discover a new location. Ooh, or let's play the knife for free. Or if we play the knife for free and hit an enemy. Hmm. Yeah, let's risk it. Let's play the knife for free. Top card is Premonition. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep, we draw that Premonition. And there's the Vengeful Hound. Okay, that's all right, because we've got the knife so that's fine. So our hand, I mean, we've turboed as Norman because he's such a beast. We have premonition, ethereal form, I've got a plan, delve too deep, knowledge is power, and mine over matter, all events. And we have split the angle. And we've got a camera with one charge, rook with three secrets, and a knife in play, and three resources and a clue, which is pretty good. The hound is a 2-2-3. It's our deck only, and it's a replacement card. It preys on us, and it says, while it's engaged with you, you cannot draw or reveal cards via player card effects. So using Rook, couldn't do it. Uh, I can't reveal the top card of my deck because Norman is a player card. So that wouldn't work as well. So we've got to get rid of that. We go to Two Doom. And our encounter card is Centuries of Secrets. Revelation test willpower 5. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of the encounter deck. If a curse treachery is discarded by this effect... Deal one direct damage to your investigator and to each of your ally assets. So that makes us a five on five. And I'm tempted to put in this knowledge as power just to be one up because that still puts us over 50%. It's a skull, which is minus one and a pass. Okay, pretty tasty, right? Right, what do we do here? I think we throw the knife in the hound's face. And that would make us a four on two. So we do it. And I'm tempted to maybe commit my I've got a plan to be three up. Yeah, let's do that. It's an elder thing. Brilliant. That's a minus three. So it gets discarded. Yes. It's so funny. I was just thinking, ah, oh, two up will be fine. And then thinking, mm, or will it? So that means we get to reveal the top card of our deck, and it's a premonition. We're not going to be able to use our discount playing that. That's not necessarily the end of the world. Maybe now is a time for rooking. So I'm going to tap rook, use a secret off him, and search the top nine for a card. So it's premonition, mind over matter, working a hunch. I've got a plan. Crack the case. Eureka. Astounding Revelation, Astounding Revelation, Knowledge is Power. So the Astounding Revelation triggers. We get a couple of resources or a secret on Rook. I think we take a couple of resources just to build up. But maybe next time we'll take secrets. 
And then what do I want? Premonition, mind over matter, working a hunch, I've got a plan, crack the case, eureka, astounding revelation or not it is power. I'm tempted to take the eureka, and then it's out of the deck, so it's definitely not going to end up on top of it. And we shuffle everything else back in. Top card of the deck is astounding revelation. Well, that's a shame. We're drawing that, so we're going to miss out on that. Unless I find something to investigate with eureka, which would mean we hit that inner search. Okay. Yeah. Cheeky. I'm glad I took the eureka. So we've got two actions left because our first action was kill the hound. We've got to keep moving, so I'm going to explore another location and probably investigate it. So I'll move to this leftmost woods. It's two shroud and a clue, and it says you cannot investigate this location while you have between three and ten resources. We have five. Damn. No real way of dropping down quickly. And as a free trigger here, you can choose another investigator to move resources to. Well, that is not going to work. And how are we going to get to 10 resources or fewer. We're running a pretty cheap deck. Our hand at the moment split the angle two cost, mind over matter and delve one cost, and ethereal form two cost. You know, it's not very much. So what do we do with our other action? We move somewhere else and we slowly build up our resources. So I'll move to this middle Witch Haunted Woods. It's three shroud and two clues, and it says after any number of clues are discovered here, each investigator at this location loses an equal number of resources. Oh, oh well. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, we draw that astounding revelation, which is a shame. Top card of the deck is Ethereal Form. And we go to Three Doom. Our encounter card is... Centuries of Secrets. Well, we are a five on five. I'm going to put a Eureka in. Six on five. Minus one, pass. Eureka searches the top three. It's ethereal form, knowledge is power, and the occult lexicon. <laughs> now that is a card I want to play. So I'm going to take that. Because between playing that and losing two resources to this location, we'd be down to two. And we'd have to still... Okay, yeah, that works, I think. My thinking is, if we do a bit of losing of resources now and then go back to that two shroud abandoned mine which haunted woods we can be at a low enough resource pool maybe with a delve to get that clue as well and then we're really on our way in a nice way and the top card of our deck now is eureka so that is a bit annoying because we're not going to be able to grab that so yeah i think we persevere with our route i can see two paths ahead of us one is I use Rook to shake up the top card of my deck now and try and generate even more resources. We'd go up to eight with another Astounding Revelation and we'd nearly be at the, the 11 threshold for that other Witch Haunted Woods. But we wouldn't be building a board. We'd be kind of slowing down. So I think what I do is I leave Rook untapped this turn and this turn I play a Cult Lexicon. That will give us a deck shuffle as well. And then I investigate a couple of times. So that's what I'm going to do. Pay two for a cult lexicon. I get a blood right to hand. And two go into the deck. New top card is Eureka again. Okay, fine. Second action, I investigate. I'm a five on three. I'm going to play a premonition and see what's coming. Because I have got cards I can commit. It's a skull, so I'll just investigate normally. I get the clue and I lose a resource. And then I'll investigate again and I'll commit Astounding Revelation because it's just sitting in my hand. 
six on three. Tentacle, fail, damn. Okay, so it goes. Upkeep, I draw the Eureka and the next top card is a Blood Ride. And I go up to four resources. We hit four Doom and our encounter card is Centuries of Secrets. Who shuffled this deck anyway? That is nuts. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I definitely did shuffle it, but they've just clumped. I'll commit a Eureka, one up. Minus three, so I fail by two. Eureka doesn't trigger. And I discard a Dissonant Voices and a Racked. Neither of them are a curse, so nothing happens. I think now is another time to use Rook to shake up what's on the top of our deck. So I tap Rook, it goes down to one secret, and I search nine. Bloodright, 13th Vision, Working a Hunch, Crack the Case, Deduction, I've Got a Plan, Shortcut, Knife, and Mind Over Matter. So the 13th Vision I have to draw. I haven't seen another Astounding Revelation. What else do I want? I've got the Occult Lexicon for damage. Maybe the Crack the Case, if I want to rebuild resources, or maybe the Deduction, again, picking skills out. I'm going to take the Deduction. If we've got any other two Shroud locations, hopefully we can just step in and clear them. My basic weakness is 13th Vision. Investigators at my location fail ties during skill tests, which is a bit annoying. I think double action I clear 13th Vision, and last action I investigate, taking me down to three resources. And then next turn maybe I play Knife, play Del. Ah, it's still very slow, isn't it? Or I play 13th. Hmm. Or I just gamble. Investigate here, I'm a five on three. I still can't do it all in one turn, can I, because of that tentacle. So I may as well just clear the 13th vision and last action investigate and two up. Minus two. Perfect. Clue. Lose a resource. And my camera charges up again. I now have intellect six. I forgot to reveal what the top card of my deck was then. It was a deduction, so I draw that. And I reveal the next card is a knife. That's nice. I'm up to four resources and we hit five doom. I think we're making okay progress. There's probably more that could be done, but slow and steady, we're still building a board, we've still got a secret on Rook, camera is charging up. We're already on three clues, so let's just keep proceeding. Our card is Frozen in Fear. The first time we move, fight, or evade, it costs an additional action. Well, what I'm tempted to do here then is play the knife. Ooh, my hands are full. I'm not going to play the knife. The knife is useless. So I would play the delve, respond to the delve, move on from there, maybe. Double action, move to the witch haunted woods. Or I double action and move to one of these unexplored ones and maybe just clear that with clues. And then hope to clear the delve because my willpower is five at the moment. And I could even throw in split the angle to make that a, a seven. That seems reasonable. I don't want to play the knife. Don't really want to rook search at the moment. Nothing I'm desperate to fetch at the moment. Unless I rook search for a shortcut. Hmm. I still don't have enough to play in my hand. I'm getting a little bit of tangle. I'm on four resources and I want to be down at, at two to investigate the abandoned mine. And I'm just... Unless I kind of go over the top with playing cards in my hand, it's not really worth it. So maybe I do rook, see what we get off the top 
if we get something we can, we can play, well, there's nothing. There's no card I think that I want to play now. I'm set up as in this version of the deck. Or I play Split the Angle, search for a shortcut, shortcut and investigate. That's all right, but it's not vital. I think I'd rather spend the double action moving to another of these woods. So I'm going to do that. It's four shroud and two clues. It has a forced effect. After any number of clues are discovered here, each investigator at this location must discard an equal number of cards at random from his or her hand. It's the hermit's house. Though this trail was abandoned many years ago, a light still shines in the attic of one of the decrepit houses nearby. Well, this could be super nasty, but I'm going to go for it. I'll commit a deduction, which makes me a seven on four. Zero. So I get two clues here and I lose two cards at random. Ugh. The cards are split the angle and mind over matter. Fooey. However, I do get an extra sanity because I managed to clear a location. I still have a delve, I still have an ethereal form, a blood rite and a deduction. It's the end of my turn now and I'm just contemplating, do I use my last rook charge? Search nine, I've got no weaknesses left. I can just pick anything. Or do I save it to see what's on the top of my deck next? Maybe in a hope of shaking up what's on the top? I think I do the latter. So I take this frozen in fear test, I'm two up. Zero. I'm no longer frozen in fear. In upkeep, I draw the knife and go up to five resources. The top card of my deck is now Premonition. And we hit six Doom. My encounter card is the Priestess of the Coven. Two fight, three health, two evade. She has retaliate, and she gets plus one fight and plus one evade for each witch enemy in the encounter discard pile, currently zero. And when the encounter deck runs out of cards, she readies and attacks each investigator at its location. Well, how do we dump her here? This calls for Ethereal Form. I think we've got to give this a go. So I'm going to pay two and play Ethereal Form. Hmm, before I do, I'm going to use Rook for nine. So I see Premonition, Knowledge is Power, Shortcut, Mr. Rook again, Crack the Case, Astounding Revelation, hurrah. Another crack the case, ethereal form, and Hawkeye folding camera. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm going to use that last astounding revelation for another rook charge, and then I need to pick something to draw. I'm going to probably evade, delve, shortcut, investigate. So I'm going to take the shortcut. I have a plan. And it's all about using the advantage of ethereal form do some cheeky stuff. Top card is Mind Over Matter. Ooh, I think I stick to the plan. I pay two for ethereal form. So I'm normally agility one, but I get a plus five. So I'm an agility six on two. It's a skull. That's a pass. So I disengage from each other enemy engaged with me. Well, there are none. And I'm ethereal. Enemies cannot engage or be engaged with me, and I cannot attack or deal damage to enemies until the end of the round. Second action, I pay one and play Delve Too Deep. I draw the top card of the encounter deck. It's a Rotting Remains. And then I add Delve Too Deep to the, uh, the victory display. I'm a six on three with Rotting Remains. Zero, pass. I'll play this shortcut that I grabbed. 
which shortcuts me to the Witch Haunted Woods. I'm on two resources, so I'll investigate here. Six on three, on two, sorry. Minus four, clue. Hell yes, that worked out all right. That worked out all right. Well, four of the five locations have been explored and been cleared. And when I said I shortcutted to the Witch Haunted Woods, I meant the abandoned mine. That's my three actions, ethereal form, delve, investigate. I'm down to a blood rite, a deduction, and a knife in hand. Rook readies, and I draw that mind over matter. And the next card is a premonition, and I go up to three resources. We hit seven doom, and my encounter card is Diabolic Voices. Again, none of them in the discard pile, so it's just willpower three, which is a skull again. For each point, I fail by discard a random card from my hand. Well, fail by none. I am tempted to go and explore the last witch haunted woods and plan to advance at the end of this round. So, first action move. It's one shroud and two clues. It is Child's Treehouse. It has a forced effect. When the last clue is discovered from this location, spawn the topmost enemy in the encounter discard pile at this location. If there are no enemies, discard cards from the top until an enemy is discarded and spawn that enemy instead. Ugh. What could I do if there was an enemy on me? I could play the blood right in my hand. So second action, I could play deduction and get both these clues. Third action, I could blood right the enemy. I do have three resources. I think I tap rook again and shake up what's on top of my deck. So I see premonition, ethereal form, Mr. Rook again, crack the case, not so useful. I've got a plan, pretty useful. Crack the case, no, uh, blood right, shortcut, and blood right. I need to stop thinking about the cards as I read them out because they just get thrown. I'm tempted to take another blood right. I'm aware that I'm going to start running out of resources though anytime soon. I'm going to take the ethereal form because I think I'm going to need it to get away from things shortly. And having options to flee is very useful. This is also making me think maybe my way of dealing with a net is with a simple I've got a plan, and that means I will need the resources for that. So the blood rights might become economy at some point. Ah, and there's a blood right on the top of the deck. Next action, I investigate with deduction, seven on one. Minus two, I get the two clues, and I have to discard cards from the top until an enemy is discarded. Rotting remains, diabolic voices, frozen in fear, and it's a coven initiate. She's a 2-2-2, and a revelation effect, I discard the top two cards of the encounter deck, Ancient Evils and Dissonant Voices. It doesn't cause the encounter deck to run out of cards, so she doesn't hit me. Last action, I'll play Blood Rite to draw another Blood Rite and a working a hunch. The top card of my deck is now Premonition, and I will discard that working a hunch and the knife and pay two, which kills the Coven Initiate down to one resource, unfortunately. In the enemy phase, nothing happens. Upkeep, I draw the premonition. So my hand is ethereal form, mind over matter, blood right, and premonition. And I go up to two resources. And I think I will advance now. So I pay two of my eight clues, and we advance. Just before we do, the top card of my deck has now cracked the case. Deeper into the woods. As the rain lets up, a dense fog rolls in throughout the area. Soon, all of the woods have vanished within the hazy fog. You call out for your companions, but none answer. 
You grope blindly in the haze, searching for something, anything to which you can cling. Each investigator must randomly choose one of the set-aside Arkham Woods locations, put it into play in front of him or her, and immediately move to that location. Cannot be cancelled. The flavour on this Arkham Woods is growing up. You were always warned to stay out of the woods at night. Now you know why. It's four shroud and a clue. It is the unhallowed ground. And it reads, after you enter this location, test willpower four. If you fail, take one damage and one horror. So I'm a five on four. I'm just going to go for it. Minus two. I fail. I'll put the damage and the horror both on Rook because he has no secrets left on him. Each investigator spawns a set-aside goat spawn at his or her location. Each investigator then tests willpower or agility three. Each investigator who succeeds exhausts that enemy and disengages from it. So I'm a five on three testing willpower. It's a skull. I pass. So the goat spawn is removed from me. Shuffle one of the set-aside copies of Demonic Piping into the encounter deck. Place the other two copies in the encounter discard pile. I think the whole deck is about to get milled, so... <laughs> Uh, maybe that's good, or maybe it's dreadful. So that's everything on this Act 1B. And we now advance to Act 2A, Witch Hauntings. Whatever arcane rites are being practiced in these woods, they're attracting the attention of all manner of vile beasts, the likes of which you've never seen. Is this what the soothsayer was trying to warn you about? Locations in front of me are connected to one another, I can't enter locations in front of other investigators, and there's an objective if a single investigator spends the requisite number of clues advance, it's one clue. We go to eight doom, so we advance the agenda. It's all happening. I'm a little bit worried I'm a bit broke. So let's see what happens. The rite commences. The moon reaches the height of its arc in the night sky. The trees begin to shift and twist in the breeze as though made of something other than solid matter. Dozens of birds suddenly scatter from every treetop. In the distance, you can hear a faint melody, the pitch bending in the wind. A cloaked figure emerges from the darkness beyond the brush, a vortex of magical energy coalescing at her feet. Are you the ones who have been meddling with our works? She wonders aloud gazing at you suspiciously from underneath her thick hood. It is no matter. You are not welcome here, she threatens. Be gone, or face the consequences. Discard all but the last five cards in the encounter deck. The investigator with the most cards in his or her play area must draw the topmost witch enemy in the encounter discard pile. Any here. It's a coven initiate which means it mills another Coven Initiate and an Ancient Evils. That's kind of good. Let's read Agenda 2A, and then we have to draw our encounter card. The Night Howls. As midnight draws nearer, the forest begins to take on another form. A canopy of darkness overtakes the stars. The wind picks up in intensity, its whistling echoing through the trees. A dangerous power gathers deep within the woods, drawing only the foul and the foolish. At the end of the round, place one doom on this agenda for each witch enemy at the witch's circle. And my encounter card is Bedeviled. I cannot trigger action abilities on cards I control. Good news. Occult Lexicon, no action ability. Hawkeye Folding Camera, no action ability. Mr. Rook, no action ability. Now, I have a thought here. If I were to ethereal form this initiate and advance, 
I could move into the final location. Annette wouldn't be engaged with me and I could investigate. I think there were three clues on the last location, though. So then the following turn, I would have the priestess of the coven on me, hitting me. I could still, I could still take the hits. The weird thing about it. Both of my deductions and my working a hunch are in the discard pile, unfortunately. So buying clues at any speed is unlikely. And Rook is out of charges now. What's another line of play here? Mind over matter on the Coven Initiate? Uh, I suppose if I ethereal form, I could, on a following turn, mind over matter and try and kill Annette that way. There is, I am at a force round location here and I do have crack the case on the top of my deck. So I could kill the Coven Initiate, investigate and crack the case for four and advance that way and move. What do I do with that four? I hope to see and I've got a plan, and kill Annette that way. Annette hits for a damage and a horror, so in theory I could evade, move, clue, not taking any damage, and then I just have to clue, clue twice, and I take six damage and two horror, one of which I put on Rook. I'd just be able to survive it. Let's give that a go. Let's go for it. I pay two, I play Ethereal Form. I'm a six on two, evading the Coven Initiate. Plus one, the initiate is evaded. Spend a clue in advance. As you scour the woods for answers or a path that will lead you back home, you find yourself drawn off the beaten trail by a mesmerizing melody of silvery pipes. Drawn into the damp, hazy woodland, you delve, searching for the source of the strange music. Finally, you come upon a foggy clearing at the center of which lies a half-rotted tree stump. An old but delicately carved wooden flute lies atop the stump, silently beseeching you to approach. The moment you touch the instrument, the piping melody that lured you here is cut short and the dense fog around you disperses with a sudden breeze. For the remainder of the scenario, investigators may now enter locations in front of other investigators. Act 3A paths into twilight. With the strange fog dispersed, you're now able to explore the woods. You're unable to find the main path that leads back to Uptown, but this is your chance to discover more about the ritual the witches are conducting. Locations in front of me are connected to one another, and it's three clues to advance, so I'm going to spend those three right now and advance again. It is the Witch's Circle. Revelation. Put the Witch's Circle into play in the centre of the play area in front of none of the investigators. The lead investigator spawns the set-aside Annette Mason at the Witch's Circle. I see the error of my ways now because it's actually not connected to Arkham Woods here, so I can't move in there. Act 4A, a circle unbroken. You come across a clearing where a ritual circle has been constructed. Several hooded figures stand around it in a trance, unaware of your presence. Overlooking the ritual is a powerfully built woman who brandishes a long wavy dagger as she sees you approach. Leave this place at once, she commands. Locations in front of you are connected to one another. If Annette Mason is defeated, advance, or if there are no clues on the witch's circle, advance. Damn. So, I could move to one of the witch-haunted woods and move in on Annette Mason. She wouldn't hurt me this turn. And then the Priestess of the Coven is coming in next turn, and I need to get three clues. So I'd probably have to mind over matter, evade one, clue, clue, taking two hits from Annette, and then last action, clue again. Uh, following turn clue again. 
I think I can still do it. Move, move, I go in. She can't engage me because of ethereal form. The enemy phase begins, so I discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. Well, there's only two, and there are no witch enemies discarded by this effect, so she gets readied. Doesn't matter. Also, after the enemy phase begins, the Priestess of the Coven enters, but I've also got ethereal form, so she can't hurt me. And then, at the end of the round, Annette engages me, and the Priestess of the Coven engage me. The Goat Spawn and the Coven Initiate ready, and I draw, crack the case, and the top card of my deck is, I've got a plan. I do have a plan, but I also only have one resource, because I used the other two on ethereal form. And I'm shuffling up the encounter deck. Now there's a cool little interaction here. There's a forced effect on a net after the enemy phase begins, and a forced effect on the witch's circle after the enemy phase begins, and then there's a forced effect on the Priestess of the Coven when the encounter deck runs out of cards. She readies and attacks each investigator at its location. Now luckily, it doesn't matter which order I do the first two forced effects, because the Priestess can't engage... Oh no, she can attack me with ethereal form. Enemies cannot engage or be engaged with you, and you cannot attack or deal damage to enemies. She could have attacked me, but luckily if we do Annette Mason's forced effect first, she's not at this location yet, so that's all right. There's one other thing that happens. At the end of the round, there are two witches at the witch's circle, so we place two doom on the agenda, and we then place a third doom of 12, and our encounter card is Ancient Evils, a fourth doom of 12. I think we do Mind Over Matter and Evade the Priestess of the Coven, and then clue. So I pay one for mind over matter. I'm a six on two evading. It's a zero, she's evaded. Then I investigate, taking an attack of opportunity which kills Mr. Rook. I'm a six on three investigating. I'll commit, oh, I'll play premonition and see what's coming. It's a minus three so I won't commit anything, I get a clue. And I'll investigate again, taking a damage and a horror. I've got five and eight left. I'm a six on three. Minus two, clue. In the enemy phase, we discard the top three cards of the encounter deck. Dissonant voices, diabolic voices, and frozen in fear. And Annette hits me again for a damage and a horror. And then the priestess of the coven wakes up and the coven initiate enters the location. Oh no, the Coven Initiate can't quite move there yet. It moves one towards it with the Goat Spawn. Upkeep, a draw, I've got a plan. And the top card of my deck is Knowledge is Power. And I go to one resource. We place another two Doom on the agenda and then one Doom for the Mythos phase. And we hit a Demonic Piping, which surges into Centuries of Secrets. Will this ruin my maths? It will if I don't pass it. I'm a five on five. I will commit a blood rite. Six on five. Skull, minus one. That is so jammy. Okay. I have four health left. If I investigate for the last clue, I'll take three damage, which means I'm still alive, and one horror, so I can do it. I'm a five on three. I'll commit crack the case, and I've got a plan to be seven on three. My hand is empty now. Elder sign. I can swap the top card of my deck with a card in my hand. Well, there aren't any, but it gets me the clue. And that means there are no clues on the witch's circle and I can advance. 
A loud crack echoes throughout the woods as you break the circle and reverse the witch's spell. No! They have broken the ritual! One of the witches screams as the spell's energy backfires. White-hot lightning strikes the centre of the field, sending dirt and debris flying in every direction. You duck for cover. Resolution 1. Phew-wee! Well, it's good to be back in the saddle doing Think on Your Feet. That got scary at the end. All of those resources lost, and all of the different schemes I have waiting in my deck that started to fall apart. Yeah, kind of scary. But we got there, and we have got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 XP with that delve, which feels really good. I could get 2 shriveling straight away for 3, and then I could look into what else I want to put in for another couple. Got options. So yeah, really nice... Feels like a reasonable start. And yeah, stay tuned. More coming up soon. And I'm back. I'm actually recording this at a slightly different time. I did a couple of scenarios and... Wanted a bit of time to think about my upgrades, and I've done that now, so I'm diving in. I've got a couple of copies of Shriveling in there now, so we add a bit of combat power. And I've also got a copy of Crystalline Elder Sign. I'm quite a big fan of the Crystalline Elder Sign, the CES, not to be confused with the DES or the HES. So they've put that in there just to kind of up the stats. And I'm thinking that when we get to Union and Dissolution, that might be useful, maybe. So yeah. Anyway, we're here, scenario two, at death's doorstep, and I think we should dive in before we start making any strategy. Agenda 1A. Justice. 11. Be true to yourself, and seek the truth in others. You must balance the scales. You shall be called to account for your actions. Silver Twilight enemies cannot be damaged or defeated. And as a forced effect, when I draw a monster enemy, instead of spawning it, set it aside out of play and place one doom on this agenda, this effect can cause the agenda to advance. So monster enemies are ancient evils. And it's an eight doom threshold. Act 1A. Hidden Agendas. As you approach the patio of the Miger estate, a man in an elegant suit checks your invitation at the door. Inside, guests mingle and chat with one another, but much of the conversation is awkward and terse. A silent tension has gripped the manor, and you're not sure why. There's no clue threshold, but instead there's an objective. Find information about the disappearances by discovering as many clues as you can. And then there are two little hints here. Do not advance until you're instructed, and hint, it may be worthwhile to investigate the last known locations of the missing persons. Norman's had this strange experience in the woods with a group of people calling themselves witches, which he finds difficult to believe. And he now receives an invitation to the Miger estate for a ball. Norman knows that the four disappearances that were reported recently came from the Miger estate. So it's a chance for him to investigate, but he also arrives with a certain amount of suspicion. Skulls are minus one or minus three if your location is haunted. 
And Elder Things are minus two if there's a spectral enemy at your location, take one damage. So being two up early on is is great. And once things get haunted, being three up is even better. We begin playing the entry hall. Clearly, whatever business Josef Meiger had his hands in, it's doing well. A soft red carpet guides you deeper into the opulent hall, flanked by small statues of marble and ivory. Above, a glimmering chandelier casts a brilliant shine along the polished floor and wooden stairs. I mean, this is glorious, isn't it? It's lovely. The entry hall is three shroud and no clues. It has an action resign. I guess there's nothing to those disappearances after all. Most of the manor is off limits to guests who are not members of the Silver Twilight Lodge. But your investigation takes priority, so you wait for the right time to sneak away. Well, I'm glad we don't have to test agility to do so, because that is very much not Norman's forte. And it's worth noting there are four clues on the balcony. We placed six, and then because we had two pieces of evidence, we removed two. So that's where we want to head, the balcony, and get those clues. Let's look at our opening hand. Well, Vengeful Hound and Astounding Revelation straight away, and then a Shriveling, a Shortcut, and a Cult Lexicon. So I'm going to mulligan the Vengeful Hound into 13th Vision, which I set aside and draw again, into Ethereal Form. Wow. So Shriveling is great for combat. Shortcut is never bad to see. Ethereal Form is great to defend ourselves. Occult Lexicon, kind of good, but also if we've already got the Shriveling, maybe less useful. Hmm. Well, we'll definitely set the Astounding Revelation aside. I wonder if we also set the Lexicon aside and we hope to get a Hawkeye Folding Camera or Rook. And that might tempt me to set the Shortcut aside as well. So Mulligan 3. Then we've got Defense with Ethereal Form. And we've got Shriveling. And I think first action will probably be play Shriveling and then start making our way to the balcony. Then at least we're protected from the hand. Okay, so we'll keep those two and we draw three more. <laughs> Astounding Revelation, another Ethereal Form, and a deduction. That's the only deduction in the deck now. We've taken one out. I'm keeping one working a hunch because I know there are some high shroud locations coming up with single clues. Not in this scenario, but a few down the line. So I thought I wanted a bit of a balance and the fewer skills Norman has, normally the better. Bit of a shame to hit an astounding revelation in our opening hand and then mulligan into one, but sometimes that's what happens. I wouldn't mind now as well seeing a good crack the case. I'm still running two in the deck. We didn't fire either of them last game and there was an opportunity to fire a crack the case close towards the end of the scenario, which we didn't take. And it was it was pretty touch and go with resources. And with the upgrades I've done, I've added three three cost cards and I've removed a null costed skill card and two one costed cards. So it's quite an increase in the cost curve to the deck. So making sure we hit our nice crack the case targets would be good. And also making sure we make the most of Norman's ability. Top card of the deck after the mulligan, Eureka. So that's a shame because it's just going to come to hand. But let's play Shriveling, costs us three, comes in with four charges. Second action will move to the Victorian halls. Even the hallways of this manor are luxurious, decorated with thick rugs, bizarre artwork, and uncanny statues shaped from scrap metal. Rays of sunlight shine through the curtains as the sun sets over Arkham outside. Beautiful for sneaking around a mansion. It's four shroud and no clues. There's an action to go looking for trouble. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until a silver twilight enemy is discarded. 
Spawn that enemy in the Victorian halls, then gain two clues from the token pool. Group limit once per game. While Silver Twilight enemies cannot be damaged or defeated, they do have parlay effects to get rid of their doom. I think we just leave it and keep heading towards the balcony. We've got to get those clues. And because of the monster enemies acting as ancient evils, tarrying is not a good idea. So last action, we'll move into the master bedroom. This unmarked door is large and well-polished, set in a corner of the upstairs hallway, out of view of guests and other prying eyes, apart from Norman's. It's three shroud and a clue. No doubt about it, this must be Josef Meiger's bedroom. The centrepiece of the room is a massive canopy bed, the posts of which are ornately carved. You see no sign of a Mrs. Meiger. You can actually, in the art, which is by Joao Bruch Studios, see out into Arkham itself. There's a little view out onto the balcony. There's a forced effect here as well. When the round ends, if there's at least one investigator in the master bedroom, place one doom on the nearest silver twilight enemy. That's my three actions. Shriveling move, move. No enemy phase. Upkeep, I draw the Eureka. And the next card on my deck is split the angle. I just committed it in the last game. I was wondering if I'd try and upgrade into scrying level three, because I could actually testlessly scry the encounter deck and then start, uh, not testlessly, actionlessly, and I could then start using split the angle actionlessly to discard cards from my deck from the encounter deck. But 6 XP to do that? I'm not sure I'm convinced. I'm on three resources, and we hit one doom. Our first encounter card is Terror in the Night. Test willpower 4. If you fail, put it into play. If you fail by three or more, it gains surge. If there are three copies in play, we all get horror. Well, this could be a good target for Eureka. That would make me one up, which would take skulls out of the bag. I'm going to put the Eureka in and just give it a go. Skull minus one, so we pass. That's great. See the top three cards of our deck, which are split the angle, another Eureka, and a crack the case. Well, if we can get this clue here, this could be a really nice crack the case three resource target. I'm going to take the crack the case. The other advantage of that Eureka, of course, is that it gives us a deck shuffle. And because we probably weren't going to play split the angle, maybe we get something else that we do want to play on the top of our deck. Top of our deck is a Hawkeye folding camera. Well, that is delightful. So first action, pay one and play the camera, revealing Vengeful Hound. Okay, Vengeful Hound engages us. Second action, we try and shrivel the hound. We are a six on two with our upgraded shriveling. Plus one, dead hound. Third action, I think we try and investigate here. We're a five on three. I'll commit this astounding revelation to be six on three. Elder thing, it's a minus two, so we pass. We get the clue. Hawkeye folding camera powers up, and we play crack the case to get three resources, taking us up to five. Oh, and after we killed the hound, we should have revealed that we have a shortcut on the top of our deck. We can't play that this round because we've already played the camera. But that's fine. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, we draw the shortcut, and the next card is another Eureka. That's a shame. We got to six resources. Two Doom, and our encounter card is Shadow Hound. So that's set aside, and we take another Doom. We're up to three of eight. 
And that means when the agenda advances, we're getting a shadow hand, which is a bit nasty. Right, I think now is the time to just head into the balcony and crack on with these clues. An open glass door leads onto the balcony outside the estate's master bedroom. It's one shroud and no clues, but there are four here from the scenario setup. As an action, you can discard cards from your hand with a total of at least three intellect item icons to parlay, and that would mean that the guest here knows more about the Silver Twilight Lodge than they let on, gain two clues from the token pool group limit once per game. Well, I think second action we just investigate. We probably chuck in this deduction just to get a move on. Or do we keep the deduction for spectral stuff? Maybe we keep the deduction and let's just investigate. Five on one, minus one clue, and again, skull clue. Okay, that's two of the four clues gone from there, and we're on three clues, which is nice. Upkeep, we draw Eureka, and it reveals I've got a plan. We go up to seven resources. With three clues, we're at the, the most damage we can do with I've got a plan, which is really nice. And hopefully we can get our intellect higher if we can charge up the Hawkeye folding camera soon too. Hand reminder, two ethereal forms and a shortcut, a deduction and a Eureka. We hit four doom, and our encounter card is Trapped Spirits. Okay, this is Revelation, Test Agility 3. For each point you fail by take one damage. If your location is haunted as an additional cost for an investigator to commit one or more cards to this skill test, he or she must resolve each haunted ability on this location. Well, our location isn't haunted, thankfully, but this is pretty nasty because we're a one against three. Now, in my hand, I could commit an ethereal form or a eureka, or indeed a shortcut. And I wonder how much I commit maybe just to shore up to try and do a bit of damage limitation. So I'm tempted to commit a eureka and an ethereal form, and that would at least take me to evens. Let's give it a go. Both really nice cards to commit, unfortunately. Zero. Brilliant. Okay, so that means at least the Eureka fires. And we see I've got a plan, Mr. Rook, and a cult lexicon. Well, let's take Mr. Rook. Why wouldn't we? I mean, we wouldn't because we'd hope to have him appear on the top of the deck and be able to play him. But as it stands, we get him. So potentially a turn now would be play Mr. Rook or whatever appears on the top of our deck and then get these two clues. And maybe we head on somewhere, potentially. We're in a pretty nice place, and we don't need too many clues, but we could do more fun things about getting clues. Okay, top of my deck is Mind Over Matter. So we'll definitely play Mr. Rook for three. We're down to four resources. He comes in with three secrets. We'll investigate five on one. Elder thing, so that's a minus two. We'll do it again, five on one. Elder thing, minus two. We get the last clue there, which means our Hawkeye folding camera goes up to two evidence. And we could use Rook now. If we do, we would hit 13th vision and have no actions to clear it, potentially making whatever test we take in Mythos harder. And if it shook up something nice on the top of our deck, we then wouldn't be able to play it because we don't have any actions. So I think I save the Rook secret until next turn with lots of actions where I can respond to it better. So upkeep, we draw Mind Over Matter. 
And the next card is I've got a plan again. We go up to five resources. We hit five doom. And our encounter card is Terror in the Night, number two. Well, we're a five on four now, so I'm just going to go for it. Minus two, so we fail, but we only fail by one. We put that into play next to the agenda deck. I don't mind that too much because obviously we've already seen one, so we have to loop the entire encounter deck before it becomes problematic. We definitely don't want to play I've Got a Plan off the top of our deck, so I'm going to tap Rook at the end of Mythos, search nine. So we see Plan, Knowledge is Power, Astounding Revelation, Delve Too Deep, Mind Over Matter, Shriveling, Split the Angle, Astounding Revelation again, and Shortcut. So one of the revelations is going to fire. I kind of like where I'm at with resources, so I might, for that one, put a secret on Rook again, because we've got another one coming. I tell you, I'm, I'm pretty tempted by grabbing Delve and first action Delving here, so I think that's what I do. We're on five clues, which feels really nice. We're on five Doom, so we've got a bit of Doom to play with. I'm also tempted to head to the Victorian Halls so that we kind of can split where we go and decide what we do. One possibility is that we head all the way actually over to the billiards room with a view of grabbing the victory point in there. I think the spectral victory points are the office, which is at the top, the billiards room on the far left, and the master bedroom. So if we could swing it so that we never have to come to the balcony again, that would be really nice. The other strategic question we need to ask here is, do we want the lodge vaguely on our side? And if we do, how are we going to bring that about? We could try and parlay with Josef Meiger, and then we're going to have to try and shepherd him out. Ideally, with the Spectral Watcher being distracted and heading a different direction, maybe with Ethereal Form to fool with the Watcher, maybe with Shriveling to take the Watcher down. Okay, well, we just drew that Delve. So we pay one, play Delve, and our encounter card is Obscuring Fog. Okay, perfect. This attached to the balcony. There's no problem there. Second action will move to the Master Bedroom. Third action will move to Victorian Halls. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep. We draw the Premonition, and the next card is Knowledge is Power. And we go up to five resources. We place a Doom, so we're at six Doom, and our encounter card is... Fate of All Fools, one of my favourite cards in The Circle Undone. It's Peril, so we can't discuss it. Revelation, you must decide, choose one. Third option, place one Doom on another copy of Fate of All Fools. Well, there aren't any. Second option, an investigator with another copy of Fate of All Fools in his or her threat area takes two direct damage. Well, there aren't any. First option, if there is no other copy of Fate of All Fools in play, put Fate of All Fools into play in your threat area. So we get Fate of All Fools. One thing that would be nice to do here is to see our other shriveling. Getting it down, and then we've got seven charges worth before we start factoring in Knowledge's power to deal with enemies would be really nice for the rest of the scenario. So first action here, or not even an action, let's use Rook. Tap him, search nine. Knowledge's power, premonition, shortcut, <laughs> triple zero events. Astounding Revelation, 13th Vision, Mr. Rook, Working a Hunch, Hawkeye Folding Camera, Mind Over Matter. I mean, maybe we grab the Working a Hunch. We can pay for lots of different things. 
Maybe we grab the shortcut and we're really set up for movement. I think we take the shortcut. The Astounding Revelation fires. I'm going to take two resources. That takes us up to seven. And we also have to draw the 13th vision. So we'll take that. First two actions will be to clear 13th vision, I think. But let me just shuffle my deck and see what's on the top of it. Because if there's anything else that we might want to use, it's good to have it. Like now, if we see Shriveling top of the deck or Crystalline Elder Sign, that would just be so tasty. But it's whether we can actually see it. It might be nice to get Occult Lexicon down at some point, and we can convert some of these resources into damage if we need to. Top card of the deck is... I've got a plan. Okay. We've got one action left. Let's do a bit of thinking here. I believe what happens is we need at least three clues, which we have. Josef Maiga spawns at the location farthest from us, and because we're in the middle, we can put him in the billiards room, and we can then head over there, parlay him, get the VP in there, start heading back, and have to deal with the Spectral Watcher as we do. We've got two shortcuts, an ethereal form, a premonition, and a mind over matter, and then we've also got a deduction. If we've got time, we could also go up into the office and get the two clues in there with this deduction for another VP which would be nice. We do already have a delve in the victory display. Do we draw our I've got a plan? Last action? I think we just take a coin and we just stay put. We're in a really nice place. We're basically ready. One option next turn when we're on seven doom is we use the action here to just get us more clues. I'm pretty sure if we have more than three clues, we only lose three, which means we'd be able to keep our other clues, which would be pretty handy. So yeah, last action, we go up to eight resources. Upkeep, we draw the I've got a plan, and the next card is Knowledge is Power. We go up to nine resources. We hit seven Doom, and our encounter card is Trapped Spirits. Well, this is slightly less bad because we have Rook. Let's use a Premonition. Mm. I was going to say let's use a Premonition to see what we get, but then that would be committing Ethereal Forms, Mind Over Matters, and Shortcuts. Maybe we commit Premonition and Mind Over Matter. That takes us to Evens. Plus one. Wow. Okay, so if we'd played Premonition, we would have seen a plus one and just committed Mind Over Matter. If we hadn't played Premonition, we pass anyway. Cool. Rook for nine again. Maybe play Shriveling if we can see it. Go looking for trouble. We're down to one Rook search. The nine cards are Knowledge is Power, Working a Hunch, Crystalline Elder Sign, Ooh. Occult Lexicon, Premonition, Mr. Rook, that's six. Mind over matter, knowledge is power, split the angle. Well, I think we take the crystalline elder sign then and get rid of that plus one that just saved the day. It would have been nice to see another shriveling, but we do have a knowledge is power and lots of evasion tools. So let's not forget about that. Top card of our deck is crack the case. First action, pay three, play the crystalline elder sign, fetch the plus one we just saw. Our stat nine is now... Six, seven, three, two, which seems all right. Second action, let's go looking for trouble and discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until Silver Twilight Enemy is discarded. Fate of All Fools, Whispers in the Dark, Lodge Near Fight. It spawns here at the Victorian Halls and we gain two clues. Now, the Lodge Near Fight is a three, one, two. It's aloof. 
And after it enters play, we place a Doom on it. So we're up to eight Doom. And there's a parlay action, test willpower two. If you succeed, remove all Doom from Lodge Neophyte. First action, Crystalline. Second action, that. I think third action, we draw this Crack the Case. And that reveals Shriveling, level three. Oh, well, that's fine. It's still fine. We've got enough resources. We're on six resources. And if we can crack something, all to the good. Ooh, we could also... Oh, no, it's going to be in our hand. I was going to say we could use Rook and shuffle our deck to get it back in, but we can't. Enemy phase, the Lodge Neophyte is aloof. Nothing happens. Upkeep, we draw the Shriveling and reveal Knowledge's Power yet again. Well, it might be nice playing that off the top of the deck for a Shrivel. So cards in hand are Shriveling and then Crack the Case. I've got a plan, two shortcuts in an ethereal form and a single deduction. And we go up to eight resources, unless I've just accidentally given myself two and hit nine doom of eight. Let's see what happens. Pulled into the shadows. You've uncovered some of the evidence pertaining to the disappearances, but the truth has yet to be unveiled. If the investigators possess at least three per investigator clues, well, we possess seven, they must spend three per investigator, which we've done, and spawn the set-aside Josef Meiger enemy at the location other than the entry hall that's farthest from all investigators. We're going to go with the billiards room. Josef Meiger is a 3-3-3, retaliate, and it says if no other Silver Twilight enemy has doom on it, parlay, test intellect four to convince Josef that this is not your doing. If you fail, Josef Meiger attacks you. If you succeed, flip this card over and resolve its text. Flavor, do not rouse the beast you do not comprehend victory two and hits for a damage and a horror we now need to open the campaign guide and proceed to interlude one a record of those lost and once this interlude's been resolved remove all clues from each location in play and advance to act 1b let's hear what we found about penny her profile's not crossed off and there are no clues on the balcony the balcony outside Josef Meiger's bedroom overlooks the rainy streets and somber spires of french hill according to eyewitnesses Penny was last seen entering Josef's bedroom, presumably to tidy it up, or perhaps to look for one of his personal belongings. The cigarette butt on the floor of the balcony tells a different story. Penny came here for a break, and judging from how busy the rest of the staff is, it was probably a much needed one. If she'd been in any danger, could she have climbed or jumped down from the balcony? You peer over the edge. It's possible, but unlikely. A fall from here could break a leg, or worse. She would likely have retreated back into the manor, where she could have called for help. Only, nobody saw her exit from the bedroom. Something doesn't add up. You tuck the cigarette butt into your coat pocket, hoping it's actually a lead and not a wild goose chase. So we need to record that the investigators are on Penny's trail, and we advance to Act 1B. We also need to advance to Agenda 2A in a moment. Act 1B. Death approaches. Before you can investigate further, the building is suddenly plunged into icy darkness. All of the lights flicker once and are snuffed out. A thick, otherworldly mist begins to seep into the corridors, causing everything it touches to decay. Move each investigator and each enemy currently in the entry hall to the Victorian halls, while there aren't any. For each location in play, find the set-aside spectral version of that location and swap them, all tokens and cards at the former location are now considered to be at the new location. If there is an investigator at that location, reveal it. So we'll place a new entry hall, master bedroom, and balcony, which has an obscuring fog on it. 
a Victorian halls, which we'll reveal. This is the haunted effect to lose an action, and we're here with a lodge near fight. Trophy room and billiards room, where Joseph is, and an office. In player order, each investigator spawns one of the set-aside monster enemies at his or her location until each of the set-aside monster enemies has been spawned. Well, here's our shadow hound. Spawn the set-aside the spectral watcher enemy in the entry hall. This feels familiar. And shuffle the remainder of the set-aside the watcher encounter set and the set-aside realm of death encounter set into the encounter deck along with the encounter discard pile. Shadowhound, by the way, is a 2-3-1, Hunter and Retaliate, and it has a forced effect after it attacks you, resolve each haunted ability on your location. The Spectral Mist coalesces into an incorporeal canine form. Hungry eyes shine from the darkness. Pretty nasty. And annoyingly, that three health means it's a couple of shriveling blasts, which is not great. It's not hard to hit at two fight, but it's just irritating to have to do extra damage to it. Let's look at our agenda in Act 2. Agenda 2A over the threshold. Does this have something to do with the four missing persons? And if so, what does that mean for your survival? Each Silver Twilight enemy gains victory zero and counts as an investigator for the purposes of determining where hunter enemies move during the enemy phase. Forced effect, after the hunter enemies move step of the enemy phase, each ready spectral enemy deals its damage value to each humanoid enemy at its location. Ugh. Act 2A. The Spectral Realm. In the blink of an eye, everything has changed. A sudden, oppressive silence fills the halls of Josef Meiger's manor. Gone is the din of idle chatter from the banquet hall, the clinking of glasses, the laughter of oblivious guests. Save for only you and several others, all of the people in the house have vanished without a trace. All that is left is the dark mist and the beings that inhabit it. And we draw an encounter card, because that was a long mythos. Our encounter card is... Shapes in the Mist. Damn. We resolve each haunted ability, which means we lose an action this turn. And it surges into Fate of All Fools. Two direct damage, or place a doom. I think we place the doom. We've got lots of time. It's 11 doom threshold. We already have the four clues we need to advance. Yeah, I think we do it. What are we doing with this turn, though? Double shrivel on this Shadowhound and maybe one shortcut to get out of here? Seems reasonable. First action shrivel. We're down to two shrivelings. Six on two. Zero. Two damage. Now, we do have a knowledge of his power on the top of our deck, which we could play fast now and save an action. I'm tempted to do it. So we fast play it only during our turn. Choose a spell or tome asset we control, shriveling, or reveal one from our hand. Well, we could reveal the other one. Resolve an action or free triggered ability on that asset, ignoring all costs, including its action cost if any. And then if that asset was in your hand, you may discard it to draw a card. So we'll play that and target our shriveling. It reveals mind over matter. And that makes us a six on two again. No, an eight on two. Minus one kills. Eight on two because we're a uh, six just with the shriveling, but we have the Hawkeye folding camera and the crystalline elder sign. So we've still got an action left. First action shrivel, knowledge is power to save an action. I mean, one option here is we shortcut to the office and get all the clues there in one go. 
And next turn, we plan on moving down to the Watcher, evading the Watcher and start heading for Yosef. We could also spend all four of our clues now in advance. It's whether or not we want to. Let's spend the four clues first, see what we're dealing with, and then we've still got an action to respond and we decide what we do. So I've spent the four and we advance. A way out. Oh, I love this flavour. You find the corpse of one of the others trapped here, a member of the Silver Twilight Lodge you surmise, although his outfit of blue and silver robes suggests something more esoteric. Gripped tightly in his withered hands is a small tome bearing the insignia of the lodge. Browsing through its pages, you're surprised to find all manner of information regarding the mist and the creatures you've encountered, including a spell to release the bonds of death and escape the mist. How long has this man been here studying this realm? Regardless, at least you have a way out now. The mist blocking your escape recedes reveal the entry hall, and it has a resign action. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Damn, well, it, back in goes the Shadowhound, and Shapes in the Mist, and Fate of All Fools. Those are three cards I probably didn't want to see again. Act 3A, Escape the Cage. Now that the mist has receded, you might be able to escape with your lives. But what about Josef Meiger and the other Lodge members left behind? Should you stay to make sure they escape, or flee while you have the chance? Forced effect, at the end of the round, each Silver Twilight enemy in the entry hall escapes, Place them beneath the entry hall out of play. Move each ready Silver Twilight enemy with the aloof keyword once towards the entry hall. And our objective is, if each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. I rather like the idea of shortcutting up to the office and grabbing the clues there, so I'm going to give it a go. The lone door atop the second floor staircase has rotted and decayed as though hundreds of years have passed. The once polished oak is now stained and warped. It could collapse at any moment. It's four shroud and two clues. The haunted effect is to choose and discard a card from our hand. A thick, oppressive haze fills what was once an impressive office. Cracks fork up and down the wood panelling of the walls and the bookshelves surrounding Josef's Josef's desk (laughs) sag with the weight of rotten, decayed books and it's victory too, importantly. So first action shrivel, knowledge is power, advance the act. Shortcut, second action investigate. I'm a five, six with the camera, seven with the elder sign, eight with deduction, eight on four. It'll have to do. There it is, the tentacle. I knew it. I knew that damn thing would sneak up on us. Okay, the haunted effect, choose and discard a card from our hand. Probably the crack the case. We have shriveling, crack the case. I've got a plan, ethereal form and shortcut. Or maybe the I've got a plan because we have no clues. But once we get these two clues, it's a three damage attack. Yeah, the crack the case goes. Enemy phase, the Spectral Watcher hunts to the halls and kills the Lodge near fight that goes in the victory display. Upkeep, we draw mind over matter and reveal a cult lexicon. Well, that's not too bad. And go up to nine resources. We place a doom, so we're on two doom. And our encounter card is Crypt Chill. Whoa. So... What we could do is use Rook for the test now, and he would lose his last secret, and if we fail the test, we still have we have something to discard. Although Rook is also a good soak. I'm going to use Rook and search nine. I don't think I even have nine cards left in my deck. I have eight. So let's see what we've got. I'm going to think I'm going to take working a hunch, because we can buy one of the clues here. 
and then we just shuffle the rest of the deck. And top card now is, I've got a plan, okay. Don't want to commit anything to this test. Six on four. Minus two, pass. First action, investigate. Second action, move down to the Watcher. Third action, start shriveling the Watcher. Maybe that's a way of dealing with it. I'll pay two with working a hunch to buy a clue straight away. I'll investigate. Seven on four. Elder thing, that's a minus two. And that's the third location we've investigated, so we gain a sanity from the Hawkeye folding camera. So I could shortcut down to the Spectral Watcher now, play I've got a plan for three damage, and shrivel, and that would defeat the Spectral Watcher, and it wouldn't ready next turn. Maybe we do that, and we just hope we don't draw that card that makes it ready and attack us. Let's do it. Shortcut down. Ooh, this is nice. I've got a plan as the top of our deck. So we can play that one for two, revealing Premonition, which we can't play, but this would be a three damage hit and we're attacking at five, six, seven on three. I like seven on three. Zero, that's three damage because we have two clues. And then I'll use a shriveling charge, eight on three. Minus four, wow, close, two damage. And the Spectral Watcher is defeated. It heals all of its damage, it exhausts, and it does not ready during the upkeep phase this round. That's our three. Investigate, plan, shrivel. Upkeep, we draw that premonition, revealing a Hawkeye folding camera, which I think we ignore. We go to six resources and three doom. Our encounter card is the Shadow Hound. Well, hello. How do we kill this in some sort of speedy way and get over to... Well, we have the other I've got a plan in hand. Let's spend three, that will one-shot it. Seven on two, let's give it a go. Elder sign. Ooh, guys, this is juicy. Okay, this the first time we're seeing this happen, I'm gonna swap the Hawkeye Folding Camera, which is the top of my deck, with the Shriveling level three in my hand. So that's a plus three which means we do three damage to the Hound because we pass the test by loads, killing it. Second action, I'm gonna play that Shriveling off the top of my deck at a discount, down to one resource, where have all the resources gone, but I now have five charges of Shriveling, and that reveals a Cult Lexicon on the top of my deck. And third action, I'm just gonna move away because the Spectral Watch is about to ready, so I'll move to the Trophy Room. It's two Shroud and a Clue, the haunted effect is lose two resources. For each you can't lose, you take a horror. In upkeep, I draw the occult lexicon and reveal Mr. Rook. The watcher readies, and I go up to two resources, and we hit four doom. Our encounter card is trapped spirits. Ugh. Well, I can't commit anything here because I'd have to trigger that haunted effect and lose two resources, so I'm just gonna go for it. Two on three. Zero, one damage. Wow. I'm going to put it on Rook because he's empty, secretless. Now here's a fun detail which I never really appreciated and now appreciate quite a lot. When you try and play a unique card when there's already one in play, it just whiffs and you discard the unique one that you had in hand. Like you just can't do it. 
So I used to think, oh, when Rook runs out of secrets, I'll just play my other Mr. Rook, bump the original Mr. Rook and recharge him. It doesn't work that way. You're not allowed to play a unique card if there's already one in play. It kind of stops you. And I think that's actually a really nice touch that makes Truth From Fiction slightly stronger because you can actually reload Rook once he's in play. And it also encourages you either to call him in favouredly or to chance encounter him or to kill him and play other things or play a separate ally that bumps him out. So it's a nice touch. Anyway, he's now secret free. He's just a, a battery for me. I think first action we move into Joseph, second action we try and parlay him. Let's play a premonition and see what we're about to get. An elder sign, wow. So first action we move in. It's the billiards room. It's three shroud and a clue. The game room's warmth and laughter have been replaced with a sense of quiet dread. Now, do you remember when we head all the way over here as Penny and we were just desperately trying to find clues? It seems so strange to be Norman, who's essentially wielding spells like a maniac and driving people away. But yeah, there we go. So Josef engages us. Second action will parlay. I'm going to put the occult lexicon on top of my deck. And that means it's a plus two. So we're a five, six, seven. 8-9, big pass against 4. Let's see what's on the back. Josef's plan. Josef lowers his weapon and studies you for a moment. Perhaps you're telling the truth, but if that is true... He ponders the situation, then holsters his weapon and checks his pocket watch. Regardless, we have little time. If my estimate is correct, the anomaly will recede soon. We must be out of the manor before that occurs, or we'll all be trapped here. You ask how he knows all of this, but he merely shakes his head. This is not the time. Ask again if we make it out of here alive. Remove all doom from this card. There wasn't any. For the remainder of the game, doom cannot be placed on silver twilight enemies. And Josef Meiger games aloof. Flip this card back to its enemy side and disengage it from all investigators. So first action move, second action parlay. We could play the lexicon third action. I did put it on the top of my deck thinking that. But I'm actually just tempted to try and get this clue. Seven on three. It's an elder thing. That's a minus two. Clue. And another VP. Enemy phase. The watcher hunts towards us. And then at the end of the round, Josef Meiger has aloof and is ready. So he moves once towards the entry hall. He's in the trophy room with the watcher. What a maniac. He's just pulled his gun back out and gone charging out there. We draw the occult lexicon again. We reveal the penultimate card in our deck. It's knowledge is power. We go up to three resources. We hit five doom. And our encounter card is terror in the night, number two. Well, we're already a six and I'm gonna commit this Hawkeye folding camera to be a seven. Zero, pass for you. I think we're in a safe place there. Move in on the Watcher, evade the Watcher, head off to the Victorian Halls. We could do it with ethereal form if we wanted to. We could do it with Mind Over Matter. At Mind Over Matter, we'd be evading at a 7 on 3. Let's do it. Pay 1, play Mind Over Matter. First action, move. The Watcher engages us. Second action, evade. 7 on 3. It's an Elder Sting. Minus two. If there's a spectral enemy at your location, take a damage. Well, there is. It's the Watcher. So I'll kill Rook. And last action, I'll move to the Victorian Halls. Enemy phase nothing. And at the end of the round, Josef Meiger moves to the Victorian Halls. 
upkeep, I draw that knowledge as power and reveal split the angle. It's the last card in my deck. And I'm at three resources. We go to six doom, five on the agenda, and one on knowledge as power. Our encounter card is Mysteries of the Lodge. Place a doom on the nearest cultist enemy. Well, we cannot place doom on cultist enemies anymore. For the remainder of the game, doom cannot be placed on silver twilight enemies, which includes Josef Meiger. If no doom is placed by this effect, Mysteries of the Lodge gains Surge. Surge is into Realm of Torment. We're going to lose an action. Okay. If we don't go and engage the Spectral Watcher, the Spectral Watcher will move and hit Josef, and then Josef will run to the entry hall. And then the Spectral Watcher will move to the entry hall and hit Josef again, but Josef will then leave. So we can safely leave the two of them alone. Our turn begins and we lose an action. First action, we move to the master bedroom. It's three shroud, a clue, and a victory point. Second action, we investigate. Seven on three. Elder thing, we get the clue and the VP. And that's our two actions. We now need to test to see if we get rid of Realm of Torment. We're a four, five, six on three. And I'll commit this other Mr. Rook to be a seven on three. We want to get rid of it. Skull, that's a minus three. Realm of Torment goes. Okay, enemy phase, I've got to get this right. The Spectral Watcher hunts to the Victorian halls and damages Josef. And at the end of the round, Josef moves to the entry hall. But he moves this turn so he doesn't resign. Upkeep, I draw split the angle and I get a resource. Now, your deck only reshuffles when you draw a card, so my deck sits there empty with my discard pile, and I basically don't get to use Norman's ability until I draw a card, which normally would be a shame, but at the moment we just want to get out of here, so it's not too bad, I don't think. Did I take a resource and upkeep? I don't think I did. I think I'm up to five. Might have got that wrong. We hit seven doom of eleven. Our encounter card is Whispers in the Dark. Okay, so there's a haunted effect that each location gives us a horror if we fail. Little hand reminder, I feel like I've been turboing. Occult lexicon, split the angle, ethereal form, and knowledge is power. We're two locations away from the entry hall, so we could move, move, resign right now, but then we would have resigned before Josef. Another option is we could move to the Spectral Watcher, ethereal form it, and move to the entry hall. Josef resigns this turn, we take a horror as our deck loops, and then next turn, first action, we resign. I think I like that, so let's put that into play. First action, move. The Watcher engages us. Second action, pay two for ethereal form. We're currently a four, five, six willpower and a two agility, so we evade at eight. Minus one, the Watcher is evaded. Last action, we move to the entry hall. Enemy phase, nothing happens. Upkeep, we shuffle up our deck, draw a premonition, and the top card of our deck is also premonition. We go up to four resources, and Josef gets out of there, so he's under the entry hall. We go to eight doom. Our encounter card is Mysteries of the Lodge, which surges into an obscuring fog here at the entry hall. It's like the mist is trying to stop us. And then first action, we resign. Phew-wee, that felt pretty powerful at the end, right? Double shriveling, full-charged Hawkeye folding camera, Elder Sign, Rook for four searches. Man bossing it, it felt like. Let's see what happens when we resign. Coming to this place was a terrible mistake. 
You'd hope to uncover evidence pertaining to the disappearances at the estate, not become victims yourselves. As you tear through the entry hall and slam through the manor's heavy front doors, you vow to put as much distance between you and the Miger estate as you possibly can. Unfortunately, your plan is quickly derailed. Resolution 1. Well, we've got one, two, three, four, five VP visible from what we did with the Delve, which is nice. And I think because we've got Josef Meiger beneath the entry hall, we're going to get some more VP. We are going to get two bonus VP for rescuing. Do we agree to help out but lie? Is Norman the kind of guy who would lie? Let me know. Send in a message. See what you want, what we should do with this, the price of progress interlude. We can maybe have a think about what route we want to take with Norman. We've got such a great opportunity to mess with the lodge if we want to. I don't really like the idea of giving up all our mementos, though. So maybe we sort of half lie to them. I'm not sure. Yeah, love to know what you think. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can get in touch with us at drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. If you want to become a patron and join our incredible Discord, it's a really friendly place to talk about the game. And also designed by humans. If you want to wear some drawn to the flame stash or drink from a drawn to the flame mug, that would be great too. I'm around the place as F underscore B on Twitter or FEB on Instagram. I'm generally around if you want to chat to me. I'm trying to be very chatty on our Discord as well. Thanks to all the patrons who talk. And yeah, love to know what you think about this. Love to hear the hype for Norman smashing the next couple of scenarios. I say that with a kind of wry grin, knowing that that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm pleased. Good start to a new season of Think on Your Feet. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.